welcome. Welcome into this space for reflection of healing and hope. Welcome to all gathered here in the space of Kensington Unitarians, Great Palace, Palace Gardens, and welcome online to all of you. You are all truly welcome. I invite you to take a few moments to, to settle. Notice your breath, its rise and fall. Let us become intentionally present with each other. Gathered here physically and online. As we breathe out, let us lay our distractions aside for this hour to nurture our whole being and to reflect on how we become our best selves, an ongoing journey. In our strength and our fragility, we gather here to be still with the mystery within and the mystery beyond. None of us knowing the extent of another's struggle. Behind the eyes, the smiles, the greetings, we are a mystery to one another sometimes a mystery even to ourselves. We enter into this time and this place to join our hearts and minds together. What is it that we are seeking? Many things perhaps too many things to name them all. Yet, it is likely that some common longings draw us to this place to be with one another, to remember what is most important in our life, to be challenged to live truly, more deeply, and to live with integrity, kindness, empathy, hope, love. To feel the company of those who seek a common path, a shared path, to be renewed in our faith and in our promise from this life to be strengthened and to find courage to continue to do what we must do day after day, world without end.
even if your longings are different than these, you are welcome. Even if you do not have the strength and the courage to pass along, you are welcome here. In your grief and your joy, in your brokenness and quest to find wholeness, however you are this morning, you are all truly welcome to be within this circle of companions. So be it. It is here that we continue a meditation on the practice of becoming our best selves. We have lit our chalice, lit our flame as we do each time we gather. This simple ritual connects us in solidarity with Unitarians and Universalists the world over. It reminds us of the proud and historic progressive religious tradition of which we are part. Spirit of life, having lit our flame, we invite you into our hearts to guide our giving. Bless us in our voices as we pray for those in need. Bless us in the circle of hands that we hold what we shall give. Speak to us in mind and see us through your sight as we look to the vision in the grace of giving. May we give unintention, unconditionally so that our little today is someone else's plenty for tomorrow and in the days to come. Today's service is on the theme of hospitality. I've called it hospitality of the heart. And so all of our hymns this morning are reflecting that theme. So as we sing the words together, as we ponder the words together, I invite you to reflect on what they're saying to us about the hospitality of the heart.
Sit as you feel comfortable. I invite you now to move into time for gentle reflection, meditation, prayer. We gather each Sunday with hearts full of life's sorrows and joys. We try to make sense of life in general and often our own lives in particular. We long to find light to counter darkness, 
goodness, to stand up to evil, generosity in place of meanness, connection and companionship, not isolation and despair, compassion over unkindness, warmth, We long to find hope and healing poured out through the hospitality of our hearts. Spirit of the universe. Spirit of our hearts and many names. Be with us now. I invite everyone who is gathered physically here and online to bring a name to mind and hold it silently in your thoughts. Someone who you're thinking about this morning who needs your thoughts and energy to go to them. We give thanks for those who bring us joy and pray for the safekeeping of those whom we hold in concern. For all those names spoken and unspoken, may they be surrounded by the loving kindness that we offer today and in the coming week. We reach out with minds and hearts to all who are suffering because of war, famine, homelessness, poverty, and the many other injustices and cruelties that humankind and sentient beings endure. But may we remember that there is goodness there is goodness in the world for us to find, to connect with, to embrace, to give. Where it is found, may it be nurtured. Where it is planted, may it give comfort. Where it is given away to another, may it spread hope. For all those named and unnamed we hold in our hearts, let this candle bring light and hope.
Time for some more singing now. This time hymn number 128 in your purple books. And I invite you to feel the stillness through the words. For those joining on Zoom, I believe the hymns will be on the screen for you to sing along at home as long as you have muted your devices. Our world is one world. for a reading by Miss Tuckwell. This is the parable of the Good Samaritan, Luke chapter 10, verses 25 to 37, the King James Version. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbour as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right. This do, and thou shalt live. 
But he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbour? And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, and wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him, and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him, and went to him, and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence, and gave them to the host, and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which of these three, thinkest thou, was neighbour unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that shewed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thou likewise. Let's have some more stillness to take those words in. Spirit of life and love, in whom we live and move and have our being. We turn our full attention to you, the light within and without, as we tune in to the depths of this life and the greater wisdom to which and through which we are all intimately connected. Spirit of love and life, known by many names and yet fully known by none. We give thanks for this time and this place of renewal. We give thanks for the ability to begin again after disaster, after tragedy, 
after loss, after meeting the challenge set before us. Grant us the courage to continue on the journey, the courage to speak up for the well-being of others, for ourselves and the planet. May we forgive each other when our courage falls short and may we try again. Grant us the spirit of hospitality, the willingness to sustain a fit dwelling place for the holy that resides in all being. Grant us a sense of being at peace with the world, even as we are in motion. We cultivate together the strength to welcome every kind of gift and all manner of ways to be on our journey together. Blessed be.
now for another reading. The Soup Stone. A woman in a village was surprised to find a fairly well-dressed stranger at her door asking for something to eat. I'm sorry, she said, I have nothing in the house right now. Not to worry, said the amiable stranger. I have a soup stone in this satchel of mine. If you will let me put it in a pot of boiling water, I'll make the most delicious soup in the world. A very large pot, please. The woman was curious. She put the pot on the fire and whispered the secret of the soup stones to a neighbor. By the time the water began to boil, all the neighbors had gathered to see the stranger and his soup stone. The stranger dropped the stone into the water, then tasted a teaspoonful with relish and exclaimed, ah, delicious. All it needs is some potatoes. Well, I have potatoes in my kitchen, shouted one woman. In a few minutes, she was back with a large quantity of sliced potatoes, which were thrown into the pot. And then the stranger tasted the brew again. Excellent, he said, but added wistfully, if only we had some meat, this would become a tasty stew. Another housewife rushed home to bring some meat, which the stranger accepted graciously and flung into the pot. When he tasted the broth again, he rolled his eyes heavenward and said, ah, tasty. If we had some vegetables, it would be perfect, absolutely perfect. One of the neighbors rushed off home and returned with a basket full of carrots and onions. After these had been thrown in too, and the stranger had tasted the mixture, he said in a voice of command, salt and sauce. Right here, said the housewife. Then came another command, bowls for everyone. People rushed to their homes in search of bowls. Some even brought back bread and fruits. Then they all sat down to a delicious meal while the stranger handed out large helpings of his incredible soup. Everyone felt strangely happy as they laughed and talked and shared their very first common meal. In the middle of the merriment, the stranger quietly slipped away, leaving behind the miraculous soup stone, which they could use any time they wanted to make the loveliest soup in the world. In gathering together as community of seekers on a spiritual and religious quest, what is it that we believe we are doing? For what purpose have we made the effort to congregate here in Essex Church today, as we've done many other days, or to join online? From habit, to worship God and give thanks for the spirit of life? Are we here for ourselves to find comfort, healing and nurture? I'd suggest that we are. But no one is an island to echo 
the words of John Donne. I would go further, belonging to a community that values tending our individual spirits, the essence of our very being requires us to nurture each other, neighbor and friend, especially in our human brokenness. Nurture with care and hospitality. Easy to utter the words, but much harder to live them. When we're worn out, angry, indignant, provoked, whether unintentionally or not. Particularly hard when we are afraid. These are all understandable human emotions, of course, even for one with the kindest of hearts. But if diverging in Robert Frost's wood, one road was wholly secular and materialistic, and the other cultivated our heart and spirit, our oneness with the world. What difference would it make if we followed the other? What does leading a religious life individually and as a religious community in a Unitarian or Quakerly way mean for how we reveal ourselves, not when all is calm, but when we're tested? Where do we even begin? For me, it's with intentional hospitality. Now we must decide for ourselves as a, a religious community to whom we extend that hand and how we do so. Indeed, these are decisions that go to the very heart of who we are as individuals, as communities, as nations as members of a world community. In these turbulent times when economies are fragile and when politicians across the world either cannot or will not put people before power and profit, it is left to the ordinary folk just like us to keep asking the ultimate questions. Who are my neighbors? And how do the religious, spiritual, and human humanitarian principles that guide me in life call me to live and to love, to comprehend and to care? We know that the Good Samaritan takes pity on the victim. He uses costly oil and wine to treat the man's wounds and make sure that he has a bed and board while he is healed. The Samaritan goes the extra mile 
He pays for two nights in advance and leaves a line of credit open that he would fulfill on behalf of the beaten man when he returns. Empathy, compassion, kindness, care in action. In a modern theology, we might hear the expression radical hospitality. Here is a definition. Radical hospitality is hospitality that goes beyond being friendly. It is welcoming guests with a warmth, openness and authenticity that significantly exceeds expectations. It is intentional hospitality that surprises and delights people by making them feel noticed, giving them personal attention and providing excellent follow through. A rose by any other name, empathy, compassion, kindness, care in action. I'm reminded of more Good Samaritans closer to home. In the 1970s, though it was no longer illegal to be openly gay in a relationship, was still considered to be a perversion, a deviation from the norm by society. Keith Gilley, the then minister of Golders Green Unitarians, where I am now minister, knew a thing or two about hospitality. Keith Gilley was not gay himself, but he opened up GGU as a sanctuary, a place of welcome. With Dudley Cave, he founded Intigroup, a safe forum for support and insightful learning where all, regardless of sexuality, were welcome without needing to be labelled. Heath was vilified in the local press. GGU became known as the Gay Church. Its minister and members shunned by the local clergy. Our archives contain newspaper cuttings of the protests, interrupting the performance when the congregation invited Gay Sweatshop to put on a play in the space that was the church, not even the hall, it was the space in which worship happened. It was this same place that I met a lady called June in 1988. June was the wife of Bernard, who was now the partner of Dudley. That I still remember the warmth of her authentic, though not overpowering welcome and generosity, that I remember it today is a testament to its power and its quality. June and Bernard, though no longer a couple, 
had never bothered to divorce. And June lived happily with Bernard and Dudley just around the corner from where the church was located. To invoke the words of Myra Angelou, I've forgotten what June said. I've forgotten some of what she did. But I've never forgotten the way that she made me feel. Perhaps that's another way of expressing the golden rule. Perhaps it's as simple and as complex as that. How we each make each other feel. One of the television reviews of 2022 remembered the actress Josephine Tewson, who played Elizabeth, the next door neighbor to social climbing snob Hyacinth Bouquet. Spelt Bucket. Acted by Patricia Routledge. Proud of her skills as a hostess, Hyacinth, who sees Elizabeth truly as a friend, regularly invites her for coffee. Unfortunately for Liz, knowing Hyacinth is obsessively house proud, she gets very nervous and repeatedly spills and drops things throughout the series in Hyacinth's home, especially Hyacinth's royal Dalton cups with, and if we've seen it, we know, with the hand-painted periwinkles. Even the most trivial of events, such as Hyacinth raising her voice to answer the telephone, causes Liz's nerves to completely collapse. Even coffee in a beaker gets spilled in one episode when Elizabeth is invited round for coffee. In another episode, Hyacinth directs her from the front to the back door to avoid grubby gardening hands make, marking the whole wallpaper. Where shall I sit, Elizabeth always nervously inquires. Oh, anywhere, Elizabeth, replies Hyacinth, adding, just as Liz is about to sit. No, not there. Hyacinth remains completely oblivious to the terror that runs through her neighbour, anticipating the invitation to coffee. She never finds the courage to decline. Neighbours, the postman, even the vicar, run for cover the sight of the bucket woman, as the vicar calls her. Invitations to coffee and even worse candlelight suppers bring forth sudden urgent tasks, feelings of dread and nervous endurance. This stands in contrast, of course, to the laid back hosting of Hyacinth's sister, Daisy and brother-in-law Onslow. Onslow, a can of beer in hand, shoes off, relaxing in front of the TV. Food spillages on the floor, no matter. 
It's the dog, not the vacuum cleaner, who hoovers them up, and all is well. Two ends of the hosting spectrum. At one end, there's Hyacinth's military precision, shoe etiquette, and control, striking fear into Elizabeth. And then there's Daisy and Onslow. Mugs or bone china with hand-painted periwinkles, which will give me authenticity and feed my soul. It's the mug for me. In a frightening world, we manage to survive on chinks of hope through the places and people who feed our soul and give us rest. Fun and a shared yearning to create enduring bonds of friendship and camaraderie as we face the world and life's trials. These are needed too, fun and camaraderie. True, we cannot do everything. There's much that we're not able to control, but we can choose how we live in the world. The way we make another feel is often within our power. During my ministry training, my maxim on the role of a minister became a source of amusement, as did it did with Fergus, my husband, and also a Unitarian minister. The most valuable gift a minister can give to the congregation on Sundays, I would tell him, is to help them to feel better when they go out of the doors than when they entered them. That will not, alas, always be possible. But it's essential that we try, each and every one of us. We owe it to ourselves to be present in our community and to all of those who come after us in our community. I hope that when those who are gathered were gathered for intergroup encounters went back into the harsh and hostile world that they felt held and healed by the radical hospitality they found with Keith Gilly and Golders Green Unitarians. 50 plus years of marginalized people and 50 years on marginalized people are still struggling those who are dispossessed degraded enslaved exploited so as people of a free faith the values of hospitality and being a good neighbor are as needed today as they ever were. In the spirit of the Good Samaritan and the collective hospitality generated from our other story, the soup stone, 
May we as a community open our hearts in sympathy, empathy, and healing. May our intentions be guided by wisdom. May our words be kind and our hospitality always generous. Blessed be. Let us sing again. Hymn number 68 in our hymnals. The words will be on the screen for those joining online. The dream of a church. Please stand or remain seated as you feel comfortable.
this week's announcements. Thanks to Michael for leading the service. Thanks to Liz and Hannah for reading. Thanks to Janine for tech hosting and Charlotte for co-hosting. Thanks to Benji and George for music. And thanks to Liz for greeting. If you're here in person, Marianne is serving coffee, tea and biscuits in the hall after service, and you all know where the hall is. If you want to stay and chat, please come back into the hall. If you're here in person, there's a free singing class with Margaret at 12 o'clock. And we have various small group activities for you to meet up during the week. There's still spaces for heart and soul tonight. That's online on Sunday and Friday evenings at 7 o'clock with guest leaders while Jane is on holiday. Mandy Reynolds is leading Heart and Soul tonight on colour and Rita Wadditch is going to lead it next Friday on Dreams. And you can find their emails to sign up in the Friday email if you want to join Heart and Soul. The West London Green Spirit Group are joining with the National Green Spirit Organisation for an online celebration of Beltane tomorrow on the 1st of May. So email Sarah if you want details of how to join that. And the in-person poetry group are meeting again this Wednesday evening here at the church. Email me with your selections if you're planning to come along. All this is on the back of your order of service and in the usual Friday emails. Next week's service will be on the theme of harmony and it will be led by Patricia with help from the Reverend Stephanie Bisbee, Minister with York Unitarians, who will be joining us via video. The congregation very much has a life beyond Sunday mornings. We encourage you to keep in touch, look out for each other, and do what you can to support, do what you can to nurture supportive connections. So for our closing words, by Theodore Parker. The hours a religion which like sunshine goes everywhere, its temple all space, its shrine the good heart, its creed all truth, its ritual works of love, its profession of faith, divine living. Amen. <laughs>